Welcome to the IBTA podcast. Discussions on policy, practice and research around professional learning. IBTA Conversations. So welcome to the IBTA podcast. I'm Sarah Smith and a member of the IBTA 2021 Conference Committee. I'm joined today by Alana Gay, who is a head teacher at a North London Primary School and also co-founder of the BME Ed. Alana, welcome. I've given a very brief introduction there, so perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, the various roles that you have, and also the work that you do. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Um, I am born, raised, bred and educated in Trinidad and Tobago in the West Indies, and years later I moved over into the UK and came into UK education. I started in secondary practice as a teacher and uh, later on in my career moved into primary practice. Along the way, I started to notice the inequity there was within education sector, especially when it comes in terms of promotion of women and uh, promotion and sustaining and retaining lots of ethnic minority teachers within the profession itself. So I co-founded BMED which looks at how we can get more equity within the sector itself. And as a result of that, I've started doing a lot of work um, with secondary and primary schools and schools within the sector that are looking at how they can give their students a much better chance of being a part of education and changing society in terms of race and racism. That's, that's really interesting. And, and looking at the themes of our conference, how do you feel that your work ties into those themes? So within my work, I do a lot of linkage between schools and academia. I look at how we can take anti-racist practice and ideas from academia and from the research and then embed that into anti-racist practice within schools. A big part of that is looking at how you convert that into practicalities. But even more importantly, how do you get teachers and those at the grassroots level to listen to the experiences that some of their members of staff and some of their students would have had within schools? So when I am thinking of marginalized voices, I'm thinking of those who are of ethnic minority heritage, who don't get the opportunity to speak to their leaders plainly about what they've experienced, who aren't listened to when they do share their experiences, and who are the ones that are looking for change to happen so that our future generations get a much better experience of education than you would have gotten if you were um, Black or Asian in UK education 20 years ago. That's, that's very true. And, and, and thinking about sort of the work that you have done, what would you say are the main insights or the main learning that you, you've had from that work that you'd like to convey? One of the most effective parts of the work is that schools in themselves want to listen. They want to do the best that they can for their students. And school leaders and members just need a sense of direction and a starting point. So they need something that maps along the way where they should begin, what they can do next. A lot of the schools that I go into and a lot of the schools that I work with, organizations I work with, their starting point is always by taking off the lens so that they can look honestly at the practice that they have and see whether it is truly inclusive practice or whether it is inclusive by policy. So it's just the standards on the wall as opposed to the lived experiences. And that is difficult for any organization to do because that allows, that forces them to look at themselves 
to see themselves through lenses of whiteness, through lenses of society, and through the lens of, the, of those of ethnic minority heritage from the, by, based on the experiences that they have. But only by looking through those multiple perspectives are they able to come to a point of honesty where they then start to think, well, what can I do better and how do I do better? And a lot of times the research is there explaining and giving recommendations about what can be done better and what those experiences are. But schools in themselves don't have the opportunity to understand and have that deconstructed for them. So to an extent, the work that I do is based on the research of others. And from those professors and the ideas that they put forward, I simplify and give a starting point so that those schools can then delve into that research with greater depth and with greater confidence and with open eyes and honesty so that they're able to change their practice in itself. That's great. And I think that sort of leads me on to my, my next question, which we, we've got a range of different people at this conference from a range of different areas of practice. What do you feel of the implications of the work that you do for our conference participants? So I would say we'd need to look at which groups we are seeking to influence through this conference and which whose voices we're trying to raise. In the one sense, I want the work of academics to be better read within schools so that they have a greater understanding of the depth of research that goes into particular areas. So when a school is asking, what do I do about recruiting so that I have uh, inclusive recruitment practice, the work from academia is able to transcend into those schools to give them ideas of what they can do. But even more, I want the voice of schools and the practicalities and impracticalities of what they're experiencing on a daily basis to transcend into what academics are considering when they're writing their research. So it's easy to be on the outside and give recommendations about a system but when you're entrenched in the system and it's something that you've always done so there's that institutionalized system within it. Making change happen isn't as easy as it seems in academia and I think better understanding between the two groups about the experiences they have will allow us to progress anti-racism forward a lot faster. So I really hope that the work that we do in BAMED in holding um, academic papers, in sharing ideas and sharing, turning those academic papers into blogs that are shared with schools so that they can get practical ideas and sharing the experiences of schools as they go through an anti-racist journey with academics is going to allow that bridge to occur so that we can have research, we can have um, reports, we can have lots of ideas from historical sources, but then they're practically being embedded into everyday school life so that children around the UK are able to get that fundamental change happening that's going to allow them to exist in a post-racial society at some point in the future. Thanks, Alana. That, it's really, really interesting to hear about the work that you're doing and the passion that you bring to that. It's been great chatting to you today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about your, your work or your expectations from the conference? Part of it is the recognition of grassroots because a lot of uh, the work that seems to go into policy making and implementation tends to be driven towards the upper echelons of, of, of our government and dependence on, for example, the Department for Education to make change happen. When the fact is the grassroots movement has a lot of strength within it and a lot of opportunity for ideas to be spread and spread like wildfire and make change happen from the bottom up.
there's a lot of strength there. And I think if we, through this conference, we're able to get a lot more engagement between those academic professionals and grassroots movements so that we can drive change throughout, throughout our society, that would be an excellent outcome. Thank you. And thank you for sharing with us today. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the IPTA podcast. Visit www.ipda.org.uk for our latest updates.